Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I am Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson, and it is a rainy, rainy. Yeah, kind of nasty out What there. is today? Thursday. I've had my days all screwed <laughs> up because, like, we don't talk about Steelers practice reports. Yeah. And, you know, like, I'm all, all I got to say, it's, it's, a, it's a rainy Thursday here in Pittsburgh. It's, it's a chilly day inside okay, the studio it, here. It is. Well, it is chilly in here. <laughs> I think it, it might nothing be to do with colder in the studio than it is outside. And it's supposed to snow soon. Yeah, but it is a little chilly in it here. will yeah. not snow in the studio. This, I am I'm sure. sure. Pretty of, sure. But my nose might freeze. Is there a sprinkler in here? <laughs> there is a sprinkler in here. It could snow in here, I guess. Uh, this is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio, if I didn't mention yeah. that. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. And, uh, Matt, I wanted to start off today's show. Uh, we haven't done a ton of Steeler-centric stuff Mm-mm. this week. But okay. uh, let's let's do something a little Steeler-centric here. I wanted to talk the uh, 2022 rookie class. Okay. Um, if you look at the uh, the draft picks this year, Kenny Pickett in the first round, George Pickens in the second round, DeMarvin Leal in the third, Calvin Austin in the fourth, Connor Hayward in the sixth, Mark Robinson in the seventh, as was Chris Oladokun in the, the seventh round. with the team. The only one, yeah, yeah right, not with so the team. Right. Even Calvin Austin didn't play this year, right, but he had the foot issue. Healer, right. Yeah. Um, so if you look at that draft class, I know people are going to say, well, the, you know, the New York Jets draft class, they did this and this. Three first-round picks, too. And three first-round. That, that was going to be my point. You had three first-round picks. Those yeah. guys should make an impact. I think we've brought this up. But, you know, Mel and Todd and all these draft nicks give their grades the day after the draft. And for some reason, the team that had three first-round picks always gets an A. You know, like, no kidding. You know, like, and it is, and I mean, I know those guys, and they're all, they don't like doing that job because everyone always holds you to it, and judging a draft shouldn't be the day after. You know, it should be like this, a year after, where you've actually seen them as NFL players. Um, so I think you judge a draft by what cards were you dealt and what did you make out of it? Yeah. Or, you know, here's the ingredients. Did you make me something that's edible or what? Or here's the best ingredients in the world and I can't eat that at all. You know, like, right, right. So I'm pretty happy with the Steelers class. People overall. people are still upset that the Steelers drafted a lot of cone in the seventh round. And I still hear about that too. With the 241st pick, I think there's like 240. What was Brock Purdy? Like the whatever, whatever he was. Right, right. Uh, Eight times 32. Would they feel better about that? If 
Jalen Warren was that seventh round pick. Oh, then it's a steal. That's <laughs> right. yeah, a good point. Right, right, right. It's a good way of looking at it. Right. I mean, and, and then, you got you got seven. Oh, what was that seven? That's you got. Yeah, seven. I think yeah. you got eight rookies actually. Seven rookies. Yeah, seven rookies this year who made an impact. Yeah, and they all made impact of, right. of your raw on your raw. Oh, Including guess, Warren. I guess Austin didn't make one, but no, but he's. Expected to make it. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. I mean, so I mean, I don't think anyone's regretting that pick. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's excited about that pick. I don't know. I mean, rarely do you see, obviously, an NFL team draft two quarterbacks in the same draft. So alarm bells went off, and well, you might, what you don't like Pickett? I mean, you know, I've heard that. Or why just waste this pick? I mean, if we're criticizing seventh round picks, it was a pretty good draft. Yeah. <laughs> Needless yeah. to say, you know, it's a seventh round pick. It's a seventh round pick, a late pick. Now, uh, if you look at these guys individually, well, Kenny Pickett started 12 games for you this year. Should we include Warren in this class? Yeah, we will. Yeah, I think. Okay. Why not? Yeah. Uh, started rookie. Yeah, started 12 games for you this year, appeared in 13, uh, won seven of those starts. Yeah. So he went seven and All five right. as a starter, threw for 2,400 yards. And I, I think you look at this and you say, okay, I, th- I think everybody – and, and the people who aren't on board with this are, are the ones who just – he only threw seven touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a quarterback. Of, he's your quarterback moving he's forward. He's your quarterback. Yeah. I mean, period. I mean, it doesn't mean he's out of the woods and is going to be a tremendous player. He could flop on his on his face next year, and you might be in the quarterback market again. I don't believe that's the way that his career is going. I don't think that's his profile in this league. My worry is more – can he be a great quarterback as opposed to can he be an NFL starting quarterback? I mean, I'm with you. I, yeah. I think he's shown me enough that I feel pretty confident in saying yeah. he is an NFL starting quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he has strengths and weaknesses like everyone else, but as rookies go, his weaknesses are pretty predictable and they're often what rookies deal with. Um, he has to get better at it. But <laughs> I was listening to Ross Tucker's podcast today. This is slightly off the, the, the beaten path here. But I need people to realize this, too. Like, Ross was talking about – he was with Greg Cosell, and he was talking about Seattle's offensive tackles. Everyone talked about how great they are. Well, the last month or two, they've been really bad, to be honest with you. Yeah. And Ross is like, hey, I was an undrafted guy, but I started as a rookie. I hit the rookie wall unbelievably hard. And I'm just paraphrasing what Ross said. And he said, you know, I went to Harvard – or Princeton, I'm sorry, I was – called him a Harvard guy to piss him off. But he went to Princeton, <laughs> played 10 games a year in the Ivy League, and he's like, 10 games was week six. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so you need to realize what these rookies went through is my only point, that call it a rookie wall or not, and sometimes statistics don't back that up, but most of these guys were pretty much spent by week six, seven, eight, compared to what they're used to playing in a season. And I think... I think that Mike Tomlin may have learned something in regards to that. Um, he rations him a little bit more. A little bit more yeah. so. So, obviously, Kenny Pickett's not playing any special teams. Of course. Good point. Right. But they didn't ask George Pickens to play any special teams either. Right. Even early in the season. Like, right, right. If you think back to T.J. Watt's rookie year, Terrell Edmonds' rookie year, those guys were asked to play a lot of teams in addition. Yeah, and Edmonds played every snap. Edmonds played like 1,200 snaps that year. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, Watt played like 1,100 snaps and that special year. Special teams are harder than Joe Average offensive Yeah, you're sprinting snaps. down right, right, the, right. the cover kickoffs and, and things like big that. Big collision, or, you know, right. Yeah. Uh, so they, these guys weren't asked to do those kind of things because, A, he knew that they were going to be big parts of mm-hmm. – and, B, you're not, you're not going to I mean, do that with yeah, a Yeah, quarterback and a quarterback. receiver. Yeah, but he, he wasn't running – Pickens was not doing gunner drills and stuff in right. camp either. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they decided early on that they were not going to mm-hmm. 
do that with that guy. And even Liao, you probably could have given – you rationed his snaps throughout the year. I know there was an injury in there, but they didn't you know, throw him to the wolves and say, hold up. Yeah. early uh, He played more early in the season than he did late because he was mm-hmm. playing that rush end when TJ was when out. When TJ was out, when yeah, Watt was yeah. out. Uh, but even when he came back, then it was it was you know fifteen twenty snaps mm-hmm. a game. Yeah. Um, you know you look at uh, the, the reason I wanted to do this today, and somebody reminded me of this. Connor Hayward, the the yeah. pick of Connor Hayward yeah, in I mean, the I saw sixth the tweet, round, right? And people, the people out there who were saying Connor Hayward was only taken because his last name is Hayward. How do you feel about that now, people? Just like <laughs> I remember, one of us were joking with Coach Tomlin when he walked past after drafting James Connor. Is that just because he's a pit guy and he's got a crazy backstory? He's like, no, we think he's a really good running back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Teams don't do that. I mean, the Steelers are funny because they have a lot of brothers. They, you know, everyone's going to, you know, talk about Porter's kids going to be the first round pick, well, the, or you know, going next door for Pickett or Hayward. Scouting's all about gathering information. If I know more information about Pickett or Hayward yeah. than than the, the other quarterback or tight end. Good or bad, it just gives me more to go off of. You have more faith in your pick if you have more information. If I'm in the building every day and I'm dealing with Cam Hayward on a daily basis, mm-hmm. I have a pretty good idea that Connor Hayward's not going to—he's not going to be a jerk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got. Right. I know he had a good upbringing. I know he's got a, a level head. Sure. You know he's got a good head on his shoulders. And oh, hey, I like his skill set. No, by the way, he's pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think he's a very useful piece. That's much different than I think he's more like a use check. You know, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, he, yeah. He, you can use him more like you check yeah, you than you can, you can a lot of other fullbacks in right. the league. The thing I liked about him, and I was really harping, I actually wrote an article of when Claypool got traded, who gets those snaps, and I was hoping Hayward got a fifty percent bump or so, and he did, and which is hard for a third tight end. Yeah, but the thing about him is, if it's if we assume Fryermuth's on the field. And your second tight end, I'm putting that in quotes because Gentry and Hayward don't look like they're on the same planet, let alone the same sport or same position. If you're still going to get 12 personnel, if the defense doesn't change, if it's Hayward or Gentry, you're going to have an advantage one way or the other, either right. with the blocker or a move guy. You know, I mean, if they're going to play the exact same 11, if it's Gentry or Gentry versus Hayward, somewhere they're going to be short, you know, and he's a really good route runner. He's good after the catch. Can hand it to him, so I think he's very useful. And he's, he's also a core special teamer. He played like the most special teams now. Yeah, and, and really, um, I mean, he had two of the biggest catches of the season. Mm-hmm. They're two of their longer catches. He had a forty-one yarder. He had the twenty-seven yarder. And I know they didn't have a ton of explosive plays. No, right, right. But he showed he can be an explosive play guy. And tight ends rarely do that. One of their I mean, long runs too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he know. does have explosive qualities. I mean. People are going to get sick of hearing about it. I mean, I think the offense's number one job this offseason is get more explosive, whether that's scheme, players, whatever. But I think he's more of the solution than the problem with that. Yeah, I yeah. think you can find ways now to uh, to use him moving forward. He's got his feet wet. And, you know, it's, it's much like the Jalen Warren conversation. Like the last couple games of the season, they started using Jalen Warren and Najee Harris together on the field at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you, you you know you start Connor Hayward out as a tight end, and then you start mixing yeah, yeah, in some yeah, other yeah. things with him. He's got to learn how to play that position first. It's really well Jalen Warren had to learn how to be a running back first in the NFL before you start doing all this other stuff with yeah. him, putting him out on the wing or put it, splitting him out wide and having him go in motion and things of that nature. These are things that he hadn't done before. Right. So a lot of things to touch on there is 
first of all, I always hate these pony packages with two running backs on the field because nine out of ten times, one of those backs doesn't block a lick. Yeah. Well, both these guys block. Right. You know, I'm not saying they're Dan Kreider or Tim but Lester, but they are yeah. more than serviceable that it's not like you're shorting yourself a blocker just for the use of getting two backs on the field for novelty reasons. So I like that. Um, and like you said about Warren and Hayward, fans don't think about this. And sometimes media don't even think about this. Isaiah Simmons was the eighth pick in the draft, you know, or ninth pick in the What a phenomenal player. He can play deep middle. He can play deep He can pass, play he six can play different positions. Back. But you got to go to a meeting room every day. And, you gotta, and the yeah. defensive coordinator has to say, I need him to do the strong safety responsibilities or the linebackers. Yeah. This is his main job. That yes. other stuff's all ancillary. He's got to get the main job down first. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or like, I can't play him. I can't play him. <laughs> I mean, whatever walk of life is, you know, if you pump gas, but you're not good at the gas pumping part, that's a problem. You know, like you got to, all the other stuff on top is wonderful, but you know, those are down the line. That doesn't, you, you can't, there's a practicality to it. Coaches just can't throw Connor Hayward in there and say, do six different things. Or, hey, Isaiah, play <laughs> corner this time and then play linebacker next play because I haven't done any of it. You know? Well, that's one of the things. Like, I, I had a sit-down interview with uh, Cam Sutton on the, for Steelers.com. It'll run here in, oh, okay. over the next month or so. And uh, we were talking about that, and I asked him, I said, do you know exactly what, on every on any given play, what everybody's responsibilities are on all 11 guys on the defense. I'm curious because I don't know the answer to this. I'm one, I bet he might, but I bet most players don't. Right. Most players don't. He does. Okay. That's why the coaching staff loves Love him. him. He's, right, he, right. he's like, I, I have to know what everybody's responsibilities are because that plays into my responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So he knows if the nose is slanting to the right or yes. left. Yes. I mean, okay. Yeah. 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 And he knows, you know, which linebackers dropping where, and mm-hmm. who's, you know, all that. Because again, he's asked to do some of that stuff as well. He'll he'll play outside, inside, mm-hmm. nickel line or dime linebacker at times. You know, there's yeah, there's a oh, lot of different. Right, you know, right. he's back at free, he's back at safety. Yeah. Um, what are my keys? You know, how yeah. do we run this? You know, what am I? What am I? Where are my eyes supposed to be? Uh, that's interesting. But, I don't know mo- but most corners. players don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I, say, I bet most corners in the league have no clue what the D line responsibilities are. Yeah, Nor if you do went they to really if you went to Sauce Gardner and saw, I love Sauce Gardner. You went oh, to right, Sauce right, right. Gardner right now and said, "Okay, you're lined up here. Mm-hmm. You guys are in X Y Z defense." What's the linebacker on the other side of the field doing? He'd have no idea. <laughs> right, and he doesn't have to be. To he doesn't be have to. Yeah, right, right. He, he, you know, he has his eyes on the belt buckle, the guy in front of him, or he's playing cover three and he's doing it really well. Great. Um, obviously, the Ray Lewis and Keekleys of the world do. You know, I mean, they're yeah. quarterbacking out there to some degree, but I bet most corners do not. Yeah, I mean, that was one thing with, with Palomalu as well. You know, he he wanted to know what everybody was doing mm-hmm. around him on the defense. And that allowed him then, it, people call it freelancing. Yeah, he wasn't freelancing. He was, a lot of times it was just him swapping responsibilities, responsibilities or, yeah. with somebody else. He could walk up to Joey Porter, hit him on the, on the the you know, on the hip and say, okay, you drop to here, I'm going there. Because that's where he was supposed to drop, but he's going to rush because mm-hmm. he saw something. Yeah, right, right, you right. Know? It's a great way of putting it. And he gets there so fast and he recognizes things so well as well. And it's a surprise element. But a lot of it's pre-snap. You yeah. Know, or, if I'm Troy or Minka or whoever, you know, someone playing from off the ball a little bit, and you know that there's a certain slant call or stunt call, and, well, you know the weakness of that, too. Yeah. Like, that creates a bubble here. If they hit us in that bubble, we're in trouble. It's like so pitching. Maybe you feel there, so you know? if I'm playing defense in baseball, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I know idea. we're pitching the we're pitching this guy away, away, away. Right, right. I'm not going to hug the third base line. Right, right he's not going to pull the ball. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So that's a huge advantage. Absolutely. I mean, it's and why wouldn't you take it? Yeah, right, right. right. It makes sense. So you know, for a guy like Hayward, I think you're just going to continue to stack stuff on him. A guy like Jalen Samuels that you get as an undrafted player. Mm-hmm. Um, really, the whole offense you're going to stack and stack and stack yeah. too because it's so young. But Hayward's a perfect example. Let alone Pickett, who you're all. I mean, that that happens at a much different rate, obviously, for a quarterback. But no, Samuel's a good one. I mean, you want Najee to be the one, but I really always study snap counts, as people realize, and they almost had a two to one ratio in terms of usage when everyone was healthy and happy and doing well. Warren got the bulk of true third downs, and that's where he made his biggest impact. But I also think if Najee were to miss a month. You can hand him the ball twenty times. Oh yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, he's not just a Moel Day Moore. Or I'm trying to think, you know, Amos Zeraway or you know some of these one B guys that are have a certain role as a scat back big play guy. No, most certainly not. And, he's and a it, true handcuff. And and I think if you look at Harris's season as a whole this year, mm-hmm. um, you know, we went into the into the season. Well, they can't give Najee Harris 350 touches like they did last year. Well, they didn't. No, right. And if you look at it, his his yards per carry was pretty much. Ended up being the same, basically. Basically what it was last year. He just had fewer carries. Fewer carries. Because Jalen Warren got some of those carries. And so if you look at the combination between the two of them, 349 carries for 1,383 yards. Between the two of them? I'm sorry, 14, it was uh, actually 1,404. Between the two of them rushing yards? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. And I say I bet the backfield as a whole was more productive than last year. Yeah, and, and then you and know, it started really slow. Look at the catches; they they combined for sixty nine catches. Okay, I mean, the, so the numbers are pretty much in line with what they did the year before. They just redistributed how they did it. It was one and a half backs as opposed to one yeah. back doing it. You know what I mean? If you if you equate the snap count stuff, interesting. Yeah, I mean, and that's better. I mean, I I don't think anybody wants to see Harris just smashing the line time and time again too i mean yeah. you're not going to hold up yeah so you know i think this is something that's much more developing mm-hmm. uh because you got a guy like Jalen warren um you know for nothing really yeah no that's great i mean undrafted free agents are gold i mean it's absolutely gold um Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. So back to the rookie class quickly. I think the obvious short answer is yes. But Robinson... 
um, Austin Liao. How big a role do you think they have next year? They're all they're all going to get bigger roles. Yeah, you know they have nowhere to go but up in some ways. I think Liao's potentially a starter. That's where my next question was, yeah. or my one B question. Um, I don't know if he's the next Cam Hayward, but do you think he's a seventy percent snap guy, eighty percent? You know, snap it's funny. Guy? I was just looking at all that stuff today. So Hayward was at like I think I want to say seventy five percent of the snaps. Yeah. Um, Ogunjobi was like 59%. Mm-hmm. Then the next cl- highest guy was Wormley. It makes sense, even it, though he missed all the time. It like 33% or 32%, mm-hmm. something, 31%, somewhere in that range. If DeMarvin Leal becomes Wormley. That's kind of what I was thinking, yeah. too. Like, I'm not saying. Now, he could be Ogunjobi. Right. But, but if he just becomes world, Wormley, right. yeah. that's fine. If he's Wormley next year in usage, but a better player, I think everybody should take that. Because that gives you great depth, you know, assuming that an Ogunjobi or Hargrave or a first-round pick or whatever is yeah. also in the mix as well. I mean, I don't, I'm don't. i not implying I want Liao to be the two. Cam's the one. I would love Liao to be the four, you know, with a, a early second-round nose and Ogunjobi in the mix, you know, something like that. But he probably well, is the I, three I, amongst the quote the end first round we can get back into that yeah. argument again first round nose so they're starting nose tackle this year mm-hmm. played 25% of the snaps right i know i know i mean i, mean, I don't think a first and round and that's nose not is in the going mix. to change that's not going to change <laughs> nose is almost a bad word though you know like i'm talking about a bigger body guy like, like breezy you know, from yeah. Clemson. I mean, someone that it well, could if line you draft up over a, the center. If you draft a guy like Breezy, or the Baylor kid, you or, don't. Then you don't need Ogunjobi back, right? I, I mean, uh, because you want that guy to play. You want that guy to play and play a lot, right? I mean, ideally, I would love to see Cam Ogunjobi, Liao, and one more. You know, who's not on the team that we speak. Yeah, has a pedigree or you know has a high ceiling. Yeah, so it, it's an interesting class. Um <laughs> You know, when you look at the guys who guaranteed starters going into next year are Pickett and Pickens. Right, right, right. Everything after that's gravy. Another quick question. If you were to bet today, who leads the team in receiving yards? Pickens? Next year. Yards, I'd say Pickens, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think there's a three-way split there. Friar Moose not going to lead the team in yards. I think Pickens would be my vote. He's most likely to, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe not receptions themselves, right, but, right, right. but certainly in yards. Uh, yards but I, catch. I, you know, I just yeah. I look at that class and remember, Pickett was pick twenty, mm-hmm. Pickens was pick fifty two. Mm-hmm. No, they were a playoff team. You'll have three picks in the books this year before you, be- before you took Pickens last year. Right, right, right. That's way <laughs> it's pretty nice. At it. Right, it's a nice way of looking at it. Absolutely. <laughs> so if you can get three George Pickens like players, yeah, in next year's draft. I think it'll be have a nice little foundation. Yeah, that, that's right, not right, so right. bad at any position. You know, <laughs> yeah, if they from, make right. that kind of impact, you're you're pretty happy with mm-hmm. it. Um, so yeah, just imagine if we're in Latrobe next year, going, boy, or, or, or talking as fondly of their first three picks as we did Pickens two weeks into meeting them or whatever. You yeah, know what I mean? right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can subscribe now to SNR's newest podcast, The Godfather of Pittsburgh Sports, is talking nothing. But Steelers, it's Saverin on Steelers. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Thursday. Subscribe today. They're available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcast. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio.
We'll be back with more right after this. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 